Getting the best possible rest is what is my keystone habit. I try to rely on willpower as little as possible because that's a system that's going to break. It's going to fail. Welcome to the TriCatch podcast. I'm EI2 member Tamara Sutton. Today, I'm going to be having a conversation with Andy Harms about habits and routines. So I recently read the book, Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, and he talks about the formation of habits and how to identify them. I thought it would be interesting to learn from somebody that has some established habits and routines in their life. Thanks for joining me today, Andy. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your role here at FCS America? All right. Sure. Um, I work for organizational capacity and execution. And what we do as a team, um, we try to visualize and um, the work that's coming to our app dev teams and make sure we're doing the most important things at all times. Uh, we also um, just added change management recently um, to help folks through change and to help people through their change process. Um, I work in the program management piece of that, and our role is to kind of facilitate things to, to getting done because I feel like as an organization, we're not about getting a lot of things started, but getting things to done. And so as a program manager, I get to help do that. Thanks, Andy. I know that you've also read the book Power of Habit, as well as some other books by Tim Ferriss. So the first question that I have for you today is, what is one habit that you have that is really structured into your routine? I do the 10 3 2, 1, which is 10 hours before bed, no, caf- no more caffeine, three hours before bed, eat your last major meal, two hours before bed, no more work, one hour before bed, no more screen time, and then zero is don't hit snooze in the morning. Wow, it sounds like something I should pick up. You've mentioned to me before that you have a daily habit of meditation as well. How were you first introduced to that as something that you wanted to make as part of your daily routine? Probably the Tim Ferriss podcast. When you hear how many ultra successful people have built that into their day, and you think about people that you don't feel like have time to do anything else but what their job is, that they spend 20 minutes to an hour to two hours a day simply meditating at the beginning of the day, and they do it like it's the first thing they do. They get out of bed and they meditate. You, you just feel like there's a correlation. And so I started to try it out. I also, when I was younger and in my family, were impatient people. Uh, my entire family is. so. If, and I didn't want to be that way. I don't like it when I raise my voice to my kids. And so I wanted to make sure I had the presence of mind um, because it kind of teaches you you're going to have the feeling. You can't control having the feeling. You're going to be impatient but recognize it before it comes out and realize it's not that big of a deal. So those are a couple of reasons I wanted to try it. What I am doing right now is 10 minutes a day. I'm listening to the Sam Harris waking up app. It's a, it's a really good guided meditation, but it's only 10 minutes. Now, when I started, I could barely do five minutes. The thing about um, meditation is I really liked uh, kind of mindfulness type of stuff, uh, realizing what's going on in your mind. Um, I really like focusing meditation, focus on the breath, focus on counting to 10, um, picture the numbers in your mind. Sam's type of meditation is very challenging in that he's trying to get you to realize your consciousness, to be aware of your consciousness. And so he does this exercise where you meditate with your eyes open, which is hard for me to begin with. 
The most powerful one, I think, is bringing yourself back to that breath. It's not how long can you go focusing on the breath before you wander on to some other thought. That's the one that helps me realize that how I'm reacting or how I'm responding, if it's positive or negative, before I let that response out of my body in some way, shape, or form. In the book, The Power of Habit, Charles Duhigg says that a habit is formed from three components. There's a cue, and that's the trigger for a behavior, and your brain goes into an auto mode. The routine, which is the actual habit, whether that's going for a run, eating out, or in your case, meditation. And then the reward, which is why your brain will encode this chunk of behavior to become an automatic routine. So for you, what was the reward for meditation? And I, I would say that I probably, after the first one, just kind of sat there and like, well, that was, it was nice to just sit for five minutes and not read something, listen to something or do something. To answer your question, you don't feel it right away. It probably takes at least 10 days before you notice anything. And then you really don't notice anything until you stop. The novelty of it kept me going for the first 10 days for sure of I don't know what I expect to experience, but I'm going to try it out and see what happens. So the novelty kind of stuck. And that probably got me through that first 10 or 20 days. And then at that point, it was kind of a built-in habit. Um, And then I probably started feeling the rewards at the same time. But the thing um, with meditation is you kind of start noticing the rewards. I think the people around you notice them more then you notice some. When I really noticed it is when I stopped. So whenever I stopped or I missed um, a few a few days up to a week of it, that's when I started. Um, I could feel myself getting into my own head again and um, just kind of just kind of getting agitated easier. Uh, a great example is, and maybe a good way that I measure it now is if someone cuts me off in traffic, how do I react? Um, and if I notice how I want to react, then that's good. If I just react with a swear word or something like that or honk my horn, then it's like my first question is, well, when was the last time I meditated? I did a, oh, one of the Tough Mudders down in Topeka, Kansas for my a birthday a couple years ago. And there is a portion where you jump in uh, like a roll-off dumpster and you have to move through that dumpster and you have to duck underneath a two by six midway through the dumpster and you have to climb out on the other side. Dumpster's filled with ice water. Um, And you watch the people in front of you and they're freaking out. Um, And you don't wanna jump in too quick because you'll have to wait for that person in front of you to get out. Well, it's an example of of a habit um, paying off is I've meditated enough up to that point where I could slow my mind down and just say, um, all right, you're cold. You're going to be fine. Everybody in front of you is getting out and they're all fine. So just take a deep breath and get through it. And I did have to wait at the end because the guy in front of me was kind of kicking and flailing when he got out and he about kicked me in the head and I helped my wife get out first, but I didn't prepare my body in that way for the cold, but I prepared my mind enough to, be able to handle it. Something that is also mentioned in the book is when people form habits, their mind goes on autopilot. So Mm -hmm. the more habits you have, the less brain power you're using to accomplish 
whatever task it is. We all have habits, good or bad, that we form every day. So it's getting dressed in the morning, putting your seatbelt on, all these things that you don't really have to think about so that your brain can focus on other tasks that it needs to. Right. They talk about that willpower is a muscle that you have to work. Mm -hmm. And that anytime you're trying to create a new habit or break a habit, you're using willpower. And you're actually only good to use your willpower like four or five times a day. Yeah. By the end of the day, that's why a lot of people lose their willpower because they've exercised it so much and they've worn it out and then it gets hard to form a new habit. Mm -hmm. So the um, when they talk about people that go on diets, that's why diet like food journals are so effective because they start to see their own habits form. And then they might say, well, I'm just going to write down that I'm going to eat this tonight. Yeah. So they remove the decision process. Mm hmm. And they don't need to have willpower at that point because they've just removed it that this is just what they're doing and they don't even have to think about it versus going home and trying to make a decision when you're when you're tired, worn out, right, maybe on tasks that weren't even as important. Yep. And then you reach for that cookie or you reach for something that you know, you shouldn't be eating anyway. And so that's why it's hard to pick up new habits. Mm -hmm. The one that I'm dealing with the most lately is reflection at the end of the day, kind of reflective journaling. It's hard to build in a habit at a time where your energy is low. It's really easy to say to, to try something new at the beginning of the day because you're kind of super excited about being awake and doing those things anyway. But reflection at the end of your day is something that I have a, ha, am having a hard time make a habit to make a habit. I've tried to write at the end of the day. I tried blocking out the time to just reflect. What if, if I journal at the end of the day, I, ty- I like to type it. I don't like to write it. Okay. Um, and so I, I, I avoided the end of the day because what that kind of bumps heads with is I try not to have screen time. It was impacting my sleep. It's really hard once I get home to do it. So I've tried to work it at the end of the day at work. But then you don't necessarily capture all the stuff um, that happened at home that night. Right. Early morning works well, too, except I have to think about the day before. So then what's the reward for you? Really getting that stuff out on a piece of paper is about getting better sleep. Meditating is about getting better sleep, being able to let things go at the end of the day so that I can sleep. 103210 is about sleep. Um, a lot of the habits that I'm that I'm working on are driven by getting enough rest. Uh, and part of the reason I try not to work close to bed is because I can't sleep at that point. I try not to read anything about work close to bed because it keeps me from sleeping. Really, when I started driving from Lincoln to Omaha for work, sleep became the most important thing for me. And then I started to organize everything around getting the best sleep possible. What else is driving you for those habits? One of my strengths finder themes is restorative. Restorative is I want things to be a little bit better. And that's satisfying to me. When you say better. Yeah. I want to be, I want to be a better person. So you think about all the roles that you have in your life, coworker, program manager, human being, father, husband, all those things. It's like, how do I get, how do I get 1% better every day? Right. Reflection is a big part of that. You can't, in my opinion, you can't get better if you're not reflecting on, on how you did that day. Meditation kind of gives you the mindfulness of am I being the best person I can? Am I, or am I being petty? Or, you know, what's really going on in my head when I'm taking this action? 
Um, that makes you better. Eating the right things makes you better. Exercising makes you better. A lot of the times now I'm thinking at my age, I'm like, well, how am I going to be able to play with my grandkids? So what can I do to prepare to be able to be a great grandfather? Right. Um, so a lot of those, you, you know, just wanting to be better and be prepared. Um, sometimes I use the analogy of when the wind shifts, you want to make sure the sail is in the right spot and that it's it's fully capable of catching that wind and taking you where you want to go. Because at some point the wind's going to shift. How are you prepared for it? Right. Um, so I, a lot of the stuff I do to help myself get better is to be ready to catch the wind. Did you ever find that you were building in habits or trying to break a habit for efficiencies and time? Yeah, absolutely. To me, I mean, you brought up not having to think about it. Mm-hmm. That is a huge energy and time saver is not having to think about it. What have you worked into your day? And you may even have to think about it because habits yeah. form so subconsciously that we don't always even recognize them. What habits do you feel like you've formed that have helped you be more efficient with your time so that you can concentrate right. on ultimately the things that are most important to you? Yeah, but I have to keep my exercise to 20 minutes. And what someone will say, well, why 20 minutes? And I said, life tends to happen after 20 minutes. So my kids show up, something some, something will happen mm-hmm. in 20 minutes. Um, I've recently tried something that takes 45 minutes, three days a week. That doesn't work for me. I've got to find a way to get that to 20 minutes a day uh-huh. so I can block out 30 minutes to do 20 minutes. That doesn't give you a whole lot of gray area to be off because then you miss out. And next thing I know, my daughter's up and it's time to make breakfast. So Jocko Willink is another podcaster. He was on the Tim Ferriss show and he just has a great perspective because he was a former Navy SEAL. He said, people ask him all the time, what do I have to do to eat better? And his response is eat better. What do I have to do to work out in the morning? His response is work out in the morning. You know, exercise is one of those, what they call a keystone habit Mm -hmm. that will help trigger other good habits to come into place. Yeah, I can see that. And I mean, everybody has their own unique keystone habits, but exercise seems to be a common one that resonates with a lot of people. They have found in studies is that giving yourself a reward of like a piece of chocolate after you exercise, even though it Mm -hmm. seems counterproductive, is what will keep people going in the habit for a while of exercise until exercise itself becomes that reward. And, mm-hmm. you don't, and then that chocolate can go away. And then they also found that people that have the habit of exercising, they automatically develop better habits of eating, um, that they tend to eat healthier automatically. Mm-hmm. They also found that people um, use their credit card less hmm. when they have been exercising regularly. And right. so it was interesting on how they all kind of fall into place. Hmm. A lot of the exercises that I do is I do group fitness exercises or I take yoga classes. And I used to be in a very good habit of doing this in the morning. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really what started my habit was I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this before I go to work. Mm -hmm. And that really created my habit of exercise. Even when the habit of going in the morning broke, I still had that habit and that desire to do that exercise. And so yeah. Right. Like, for example, right now, even though I still exercise, I know I need to get back into the habit of doing it in the morning mm-hmm. because that's the schedule that works best for me and for my family because it does get taxing of trying to figure out, oh, I didn't do it this morning. So now where am I going to work it in? And that's a constant thing that pops into my head throughout the day. It's 
oh, well, maybe can I do it over my, my lunch yeah. hour? What's you, that going to look like? You feel like it's in your backlog? It is. And it's it's constantly back there. When am I going to get this in? After reading this book, I know, okay, I need to shift this back. It can get checked off and I can take that mental capacity and spend it on something else that I want a lift in in my life, something else that I want to become more successful in. Right. So it's interesting to me that I have the habit of exercise, but I broke the habit of when I do it. Mm-hmm. And now it's uncomfortable. Yeah. That's interesting because um, when I started here, I read a book. We Our, our entire team read uh, Anti-Fragile, and that made me shake up my habits because, because I thought I was getting too concrete in the need to do something at a certain time. If someone threw a wrench in my works and my whole day fell apart because I didn't get an exercise at my appointed time. So I, I started to intentionally tinker with that routine to see if I could still get all the things I needed to in in a day or a week, even if something blew my whole day up. And it didn't work out no. very well. So what does that mean? That means I'm I'm I have a fragile routine. <laughs> I have a fragile system in place. You talk about willpower. Yeah. What are what are some things that you've found or that you've identified as a bad habit? And what have how what have you done to break them? I, I've worked really hard in and I started kind of looking at, well, when is this happening? I, I looked for cues. That's probably a good way to, to think about it. Because mine is there's um, eating like between seven o'clock at night and before I go to sleep. Um, like I said, the 10, three, two, one, zero thing I was trying to do, you should have your last major meal at three and anything that happens that you eat after seven is really kind of, it's kind of garbage time eating anyway. Right. But it is the hardest time of the day because your energy is already low. And your willpower is probably your shot. Your willpower is shot and every, and it's just right there right it's easy to get to um so that's the first thing i tried doing was just not having it just get all that stuff out of here that you you shouldn't eat between at that time of day that lasted only so long yeah i mean you have kids and then you have kids and and you know that stuff is always kind of readily available for them i mean it's easy to tell them no but it's not easy to tell yourself no right um so eventually you just kind of journaling helps Journaling helps in that just tracking, you know, I know I've screwed this up seven days in a row and I'm going to make a conscious effort between just, just don't eat between seven and seven thirty, and then try to extend it to seven forty five, and then try to extend it to eight and then try to extend it in bits and pieces. That's how I work towards waking up earlier too. just try and make it smaller, try and recognize what's happening and try and record whether you did it or not, that's what helped. That's what's helped me. So what they um, what they talk about in Power of Habit book is that there are these neuro pathways for a habit, and so like we mentioned before, you have the cue, then you have the routine, and you have the reward. And so in order to break a habit, you have to repath that routine but you still have to you're still going to have that same cue that triggers you to do something and so you just have to change the routine and what you do and so what you're talking about of not eating after seven so there was something that was cueing you Mm -hmm. to want to eat after seven right tv tv was a huge cue 
once I once I lessen the TV time, if I read a book, I didn't crave at all. It's good that you recognize the cue. Yeah. And then make that change. I recognized the cue that I would stay up too late. Hmm. And I was trying to figure out, it's my cue to stay up late. The habit is staying up late and just doing mindless stuff. You know, nothing that's of any Nothing valuable. Nothing, yeah. nothing good. And there's not really a good reward. I was like, I'm tired the next day. Mm-hmm. And then I, I finally figured that procrastination was what my cue was to stay up too late because I didn't like the routine of getting ready for bed. Oh, yeah. Even though that routine was a short routine and it was, you know, it takes five, 10 minutes, I did not like the routine of it. And so I would procrastinate that routine, but I also wouldn't go to bed mm-hmm. until I had followed that routine. Mm-hmm. And so what I've been playing with recently is having that routine earlier. So it's before I would even think about going to bed. So that routine happens between eight and eight 30 instead of between nine 30 and 10. Yeah. So then I've done that routine and I'm free to go to bed at any time. So yeah, that's a good plan. Sometimes it's just figuring out what, what is actually causing it. Yeah. When it's not to me, that wasn't a super obvious one. Cause I don't feel like the reward was that great. The more you talk about these keystone habits, I think, Getting the best possible rest is what is my keystone habit because mm-hmm. everything else is kind of organized around getting sleep. And so I switched mm-hmm. to um, a fictional book. And not, it has to be not fact-based so yeah, that I can kind of get lost into it. You can't read anything that's going to make your mind spin Yeah. afterwards, right? Right. You're Something getting- that makes me think is not good at that time. Right. What was something that just helped you really get on a track? Yeah, I, I think, um, and I don't know, having that that main reason of why you're doing it, understanding why, what's the goal. Um, we talk about a lot at work here. If you tell us, if you tell us what to do and how to do it, well, I guess we can go off and get that stuff done. But if you understand why it has to happen then it opens up a billion possibilities of different ways to get there. And so from that point on, it's, um, if you know what the goal is, it's just tinkering and finding the right combination. And then just, you know, there's uh, there's a tendency for people, especially on diets, that if you have one peanut butter cup, then the whole night's shot and you just binge eat the rest of the night, it's not falling into that trap. It's if you make a small mistake, keep it a small mistake. Um, kind of like when you're golfing, it's not about hitting the perfect shot. It's about choosing the club that if you miss it, it'll cause the least damage. Right. So don't take any leaps of faith or rely on your willpower so much that if you fail a little bit, the whole, the whole system falls apart. Right. I try as little, I try to rely on willpower as little as possible because that's a system that's going to break. It's going to fail. Thanks so much for chatting with me today, Andy. Sure. And for our podcast listeners, if this was something that you found interesting or would like an opportunity to read the book, The Power of Habit, just leave a comment below and we'll select a random winner before our next podcast airing. Thanks. And we'll catch you next time. 